Alright, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Before we start into today's episode, I have a quick question for you. Raise your hand if you are listening and you are a founder or you are a founder type or working on side projects. Now, if you're if you're driving, please don't raise your hand. But if you're thinking that's me, chances are you might have a co-founder and in today's world, everything's remote. And this is unfortunate for founding teams because teams work fastest when they're together, right? When you're starting something new from scratch, being in the same room has a magical kind of feeling to it. And when we're all remote, you don't really get the same thing. Well, what if I told you there's a way to get that same output, right? Get that same feeling while being remote. And luckily there is. Uh, our sponsor for the next couple of weeks for Forward Thinking Founders is Sidekick. And Sidekick is an always-on display that sits next to you, next to your computer. It allows you to work right next to your co-founder like you were in the same room. This eliminates most of the problems that you kind of get when founding a startup remotely. And you're able to move faster and, and, and kind of get stuff done in a much more efficient way like you could with if you were in the same room. And luckily, because you're a listener of Forward Thinking Founders, you get a big discount on on Sidekick devices. If you go to sidekick.video slash FTF, you get $30 off. The market rate is $50 per device. As a listener of this podcast, it is $20 per device. $30 off total per device. So go to sidekick.video slash FTF, get your devices, and get you and your co-founders working together like you're in the same room, even if you're remote. Hope you enjoy it. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Levi Martinez, who's the founder of Kickaton. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, Matt. Excited to be on here. Uh, things are going well. We're you know, currently dealing with a heat wave here in the Bay Area, but uh, outside of that, you know, just, uh, just chugging along. Awesome to hear. I, we're currently in Phoenix in a, approximately a four-month-long heat wave. No, I'm just joking. It's, it always feels like a heat wave in, in Arizona. So, but like, like I think with, with, with other areas, is the humidity gets you. But we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about awesome, awesome companies, specifically the company you're working on. So for, for Kickaton, what are you working on for people that haven't heard of it before? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we are, we've been in stealth, but uh, effectively what we're looking to do is uh, change the way or, or actually add a, a new way in which uh, creators uh, are able to monetize. And so what we're building is we're building storefront technology for creators and for publishers. Um, it effectively is um, like, so if Patreon you know, allows creators to monetize their unique content, Cameo allows folks to monetize through the selfie, 
what we uh, enable creators to monetize is, is actually through products, through commerce. And so that's what we're building. We're building storefront technology. So we'll love to hear a little bit about how it works, you know, for, um, for, I guess, either side. So let's talk about someone that would be using this to distribute their, 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 their distribute like products or whatnot. Can you kind of talk about how, how this would work? Yeah, absolutely, Matt. So, you know, one of the things uh, I think that we've seen is, uh, especially during COVID, we've seen this, you know, proliferation of Shopify and, and merchants really looking to, to go direct to consumer, right? And so, to, you know, just a couple of months ago, they announced they had passed the 1 millionth merchant. And you've got some of the, the biggest direct to consumer brands like Allbirds um, and a few others, you know, really leveraging Shopify as a platform to, to reach consumers. However, one of the things that's happened is with the million merchants, you've got a lot of folks that are competing for the attention of an end user, right? Uh, uh, competing for an eyeball. And so what we're able to do with our technology is we're able to provide these direct-to-consumer brands sort of a new outlet to be both discovered and then have their products purchased. And for us, the insight really came uh, to do so through a creator, right? To do so through a YouTuber, an influencer, uh, you know, these individuals that are amazing at producing content, are amazing at, at growing communities. And so one of the things that they were missing was just uh, really this piece of technology that would allow them to, to sell you know, some of their favorite uh, brands directly to, to their fans, directly to their viewers. And so that's what we produce for, for on, on the um, you know, merchant side. I'd love to kind of hear how you got into this uh, and why you decided to work on this product, or I guess you could say the origin of story of Kikaton. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, yeah, I'll give a little history just about myself. So, uh, you know, after, you know, going to college, my first job was um, working in healthcare. Uh, and so I worked in healthcare down in San Diego for two years. And then I moved to New Orleans to do social impact, uh, you know, in the city uh, of New Orleans and in kind of the greater Louisiana area. And so for me, um, it's always been about kind of helping individuals, really trying to help communities and so when I think of Kikaton, in a sense, what we're doing is we're not necessarily the, the limelight, we're not the main star attraction, but rather what we're doing is we're helping creators and we're, we're being a support mechanism to help them find new ways to really monetize their audience, to monetize their content. And so how we came about these insights was I had a friend uh, who had started his YouTube channel, uh, Huga. I highly recommend folks to go and, and check out. It's H-U-E-G-U-H when you look it up on YouTube. And so uh, when he started that channel, we effectively scaled it from zero to well over 150,000 subscribers within the first 18 months. Uh, and during which time we started working with a lot of these direct to consumer brands. And one of the things that always seemed apparent to me, or at least became apparent to me through, like, through this process was how broken sort of the affiliate system was, which was, hey, you have all of these fans, you have all of these eyeballs. And then ultimately what you're doing is you're just taking that audience and you're sending them to all of these different sites. And so I think from a viewer's perspective or a fan's perspective, there's just a lot of friction that, that comes to that. You know, sometimes you have to insert a code, like say like Matt20 at, at checkout or Levi15 on some instances. And then that's the way that uh, effectively um, these creators get credit for helping make that sell. And so for us, it's like, you know, as we really started doing uh, these partnerships at scale, um, you know, it was sort of brainstorming these ideas of like, hey, what if actually the point of system, you know, wasn't the brand, but rather uh, we could migrate that and apply that to the creator? Could we create some special things? And that's really kind of the origin story of how Kikaton came to be. And then the name for uh, Kikaton stands for Frictionless on Finnish, uh, oh, uh, in Finnish, 
And so there's a whole story there of, you know, just, you know, two days in trying to sort of name the company on Google Translate. And so that's a, that's a little bit about the story of, of how we came to be. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's a, it, it's a great insight, uh, especially on the affiliate side, um, like how, you know, much there is to improve there. So let's just kind of talk about it. Like, let's say I wanted to just use me as an example. So I, I, I'm a creator. I know a lot of brands, right. That, that I, I actually, I almost do the old school thing. Like I have brands that I have affiliate links for and sometimes I promote, I'm doing more of this in the future. If I was on Kickaton, can you kind of tell me what my life would be like and how, you know, and, and what it would look like if I was just kind of using that product to, to, to get the word out about these companies? Yep, uh, absolutely. So let's just, let's just take, you know, you for, for instance, Matt. Um, so what most affiliate uh, sort of programs do today is that they have you redirect back to some homepage. So whether you're using, say, the Amazon Influencer Program or you're redirecting back to Amazon or you're redirecting back to the specific brand or retailer, it's always about taking the audience in which you've built sort of, you know, you spent time, you've, you know, you put sort of blood, sweat, and tears to grow, to foster, and it's taking that audience and community and redirecting it to another site. And so with Kickaton, effectively, we become much more like a Stripe, much more like a Shopify, or much more of a backbone, effectively, that helps power the storefront, but back to the creator's domain. So here, individuals would be able to go to your homepage. So let's just say you know, it'd be you know, www.matt.com. And then when interested in purchasing products, they would hit sort of the shop tab. And then that's what we would power, which would be shop.matt.com. And then the entire experience there would be a lot of the direct-to-consumer you know, products and brands that you love would be populated there. And then the value for the consumer, the value for the viewer, really is to purchase multiple products from multiple brands all in a single transaction. So they would be sort of you know, uh, purchasing directly from, from you. Yeah, it has to be. The, this has to be the future, right? I mean, if you got you got, you know, the rise of creators and you got like D to C and this isn't like, would you consider that it like, this is obviously playing in the career world. Is this also like D to C it's more, it's more so creator monetization and, and, and brand distribution, right? Would you say this is a D to C play too? I, I think absolutely this is. Um, so I think, you know, one of the things that we can look at currently, right, we're in the summer uh, of COVID 2020, you know, uh, we don't know exactly what's happening with the economy, but one of the things we've seen is that wholesale retailers, whether it's JCPenney, whether it's J. Crew, uh, effectively that model of wholesale distribution is crumbling effectively, right? You see all of these folks that are filing for bankruptcies. And I think when I, when I look at something like this, one of the things that excites me is actually how much uh, more efficient this model can be, which is effectively that as a creator, you're gonna hold zero inventory but rather the merchant or the brand is going to hold the inventory. And then when an order comes through, so when a fan says like, you know, goes to your storefront, uh, Matt, and they say like, hey, you know, I love this shirt or I love this mug and they purchase it there. Well, then that order is routed back to that corresponding brand and then they ship it out. And so to me, I think it, it just, it's not only is it more efficient, but I think it's also just m much more, you know, ecologically friendly in terms of not having to overproduce products. Like, you know, today when you go to, say, a, a Dillard or a William Sonoma or a Newman Marcus, you know, it, the way that that model works is that all of these regional hubs or these regional stores have to carry enough SKUs or enough inventory so that when you as a fan walk into the storefront, you can purchase the item that you want. And so, you know, we're effectively pulling that but moving it to the cloud. And so we're able to really, you know, be much more, I think, cognizant 
of, of you know, these production costs and sort of just overproducing uh, items uh, that typically uh, you know, end up in, in waste. As you think about building this out, um, what what are your most of your days spent on? Like, are you are you mainly focused on product? Are you also trying to find creators? I guess like, what's a day in the life of, of the founder of this company? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I think you know the most. So it's not necessarily, but most of the time right now we're, we're primarily focused on, on product, right? I think for us, it's to nail automation. It's to make sure that this technology is robust re, robust enough to work both for the creators that, that were you already, you know, partnered with and have relationships with, as well as some of these, you know, larger direct to consumer brands that we're looking to onboard. And so I, I think it's really, it's, it's, you know, about 80% product and then maybe 20% sort of distribution of adding, you know, new creators and new brands. And who is there, is there a type of creator slash brand that, you're looking, well, let's like actually start, let's talk about creators. Like, is there a type of creator that you're looking for? Um, a type of audience, type of domain, or just, or is it anyone just with a good audience um, that you're, that you want to find? So I, I, one of the things that excites me for the long-term vision of this, Matt, is I think uh, the different uh, uh, models in which you can apply this technology towards, right? So, you know, let's look at, say, for instance, you know, Zion Williams of the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, huge NBA star, right? When he came into the league, he already had millions of followers, right? Uh, as a high school player, uh, and then you know, um, and then having played a, a year in college over at LSU. And so, to me, I think one of the things that excites me this is you know being able to look at folks that have a lot large audiences, and then allowing them to sort of find creative ways to to monetize them. And then for us, it's really to do so through commerce. But for today, um, back to sort of our limitations and what we're focusing on. It's really, it's creators in the modern luxury space. Uh, and then, and, and, you know, I think, you know, Sarah, Sarah Tavel, uh writes about this and really, you know, trying to, to nail kind of minimal, minimum viable happiness or minimum viable liquidity within a marketplace and really getting buy-in from both sides before we look to, you know, expand sort of to horizontal or, or different sort of adjacencies. Uh, and so for us right now, it's, it's the, the main focus is like, hey, you know, for today, it's about like, let's, uh, let's make folks in the modern luxury space, um, you know, happy as well as creators in that space. But then certainly for tomorrow, I think we're excited to expand to, you know, all types of creators. And what do you think is one of the um, exciting, like the, this, the creator market is blowing up, you know, like you're, you're in it with this product. I'm in it because I'm a creator. Um, what, what's it, what's it, what, what do you have? What do you think is coming to the creator market in the next 10 years? Do you have any predictions, not specifically on your company, but um, with ha what's happened with creators in the last decade with starting with Patreon going on everything that's happened, what could the next decade look like if you have any predictions? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for this growing trend. Um, there was this, uh, this research study and, you know, um, certainly I'll, I'll ask, you know, listeners to go and to, 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 to sort of fact check this, but I think it was a survey that was done in the UK back in 2017 that surveyed youth, um, you know, what was the sort of the top professions that they wanted to be. And I remember, you know, growing up as a kid of the 90s or a product of the 90s here in California, the things I wanted to be was sort of like an FBI agent, a doctor, a lawyer, a firefighter, right? Uh, during that time, X-Files was big. And so when they surveyed youth uh, in UK in 2017, the top profession wasn't any of those that I just listed, but
but rather it was a YouTuber, right? Or, you know, sort of these, these young kids wanted to be YouTubers when they, when they, um, as they, they look to sort of grow up. And so I think one of the things that I see is that as this creator economy, as you mentioned, is booming, you know, what are the platforms that are going to help uh, folks effectively monetize and, and live livelihoods, right? Meaningful livelihoods in these cr creative pursuits. And to me, you know, whether it's Patreon, whether it's Cameo, whether it's Substack, you know, for writers, uh, one of the things that excites me about Kickaton and about all of those companies I mentioned before is that these effectively become the picks and shovels that help, you know, creators monetize uh, their content, monetize their communities, monetize uh, really, I think, something they're deeply passionate about. And so, yeah, yeah I, I think that to, to me, that's what excites me about, you know, just this, this field in general. And I think uh, one of the things that is interesting, if we were to even survey youth today in 2020, you know, YouTube might be in the top five, especially, you know, with, you know, Twitch uh, becoming much more popular with uh, Ninja. You, of course, TikTok, right, um, you know, as big as they are and sort of the rise, the prolific rise that they've had. And you start looking just at different sort of mediums in which uh, creators uh, can grow audiences, but also, you know, grow fame and such. So, Yeah, it it's what's interesting to me is, you know, Patreon was kind of the, the 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 brave soul of a company that kind of took their that kind of just put their foot down. It's like, hey, like we if creators can make different types of money or different types of business models online, and it's everything has just been getting more creator friendly, and specifically ha creators making money. And I think we'll get to a point where, like, me, like I bet in five years, like you'll have you'll have you know hundreds, if not thousands, definitely thousands, if not millions of creators making full time income. Um, just off of the pipes they built on the internet. And that's pretty exciting. That's an exciting future, um, especially um, in a world where I think more people like dislike their jobs. I think it's like, a, it almost gives, it's almost like the new American dream in some capacity. I mean, I, I think that right there is a very salient point that you just made there. And it's something that I've seen to be true. And I think it's what motivates me. It's what motivates the team to continue to build sort of each and every day. And that's that, you know, I've had a chance to talk to creators uh, who own sizable sort of amounts of audience. And it still is sort of just the side, the side project, right? Where it doesn't necessarily replace their daily income. And they're hoping, you know, to one day get to that point to really go in full time as a, as a creator. And so to me, it's, you know, I, I love, you know, whether it's ourselves or whether it's, you know, some of these other platforms or new platforms that are being built today, you know, to, to continue to help these individuals, you know, li live meaningful livelihoods is something I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for. And I think um, when I looked at this model as well, I think one of the things that stood out to me was just uh, in a sense how broken the affiliate system was where as a creator, you know, you did all this work to produce a campaign, whether it's a YouTube video or Instagram post, and then you didn't see any dollars until about 60 days thereafter. And so it's just sort of the infrequency in which you can depend uh, on the monetization aspect of it, just I think makes it very hard. And so I think that that's one of the things that we're looking to sort of improve is to really reduce that timeline you know, by at least 50%, if not more, you know, with some, some kind of, you know, modeling uh, as such. So yeah, re really interested to, to see, I think, you know, how uh, the next sort of 10 years, you know, shake out for the creator economy. And for the next 10 years for Kickaton, what would you say that looks like? Or I guess in other words, what is the big vision for what you're building and what direction are you rowing in? Yeah, so, you know, today it's to start off with uh, creators in the, you know, modern luxury sort of aspiration, you know, lifestyle space, uh, as well as brands. And then I think, you know, 10 years from now, it's hopefully to have had the ability to touch the lives of 
of thousands of creators, uh, but also thousands of, of brands, right? Thousands of independent sort of brands that really love, uh, you know, the pursuit of, of, you know, creating, you know, high R&D products, you know, whether it's a, you know, a casual t-shirt or jeans or a jogger or a windbreaker, right? It's folks that also on the merchant side or on the direct-to-consumer side, you know, have an equal love, you know, for producing, you know, products that, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, fans and viewers can enjoy um, as, as they, you know, purchase as well. And so um, I, I think, you know, for us, it's really, it's to, to build a storefront that can, you know, touch hopefully the lives of thousands of creators and find, you know, unique ways to, to monetize uh, their audiences by providing a service, you know, that really, I think, reduces headache by allowing folks to just purchase multiple products for multiple brands all in a single location. And to make all that happen, like you'll obviously need some help. Like you'll need tons of creators on the platform, you know, customers, maybe some investors. Um, but you'll definitely need help from the forward-thinking founders community. I can guarantee you that. So, so my my question for you is, how can the forward-thinking founders community help with what you're working on? Are you hiring? Are you fundraising? Looking for users? How can we help? Yeah, I think uh, I think you know you you've completely nailed it. That this is going to it's going to take a village to really uh, sort of see this future through, and so. You know, for the forward-thinking community, whether it's investors, whether it's founders, or whether it's just a, a listener that's looking to explore the area, I think you know, for us, it's it's folks that have expertise in e-commerce, folks that have expertise in logistics and payments and such, uh, as well as folks that are creators themselves. You know, um, I think one of the things that I have been humbled by is just how different perspectives can really you know unlock creative solutions. And so, you know, I urge, you know, individuals to, to reach out, um, whether it's, you know, on Twitter or, or by email at Levi at, you know, kitkatan.com, um, you know, to, to really help, you know, I think create just one of the, one of the many ways in which creators will, will be monetizing tomorrow. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming to the podcast. The final final question is, if someone wanted to learn more about what you're doing, get in touch, um, email you, tweet you, find your website, how, how can someone how can someone get in touch online? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think the 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 medium in which I'm most active on is, is Twitter. It's how you and I, you know, got to to meet one another. Uh, so I would happily direct folks there. Uh, the handle is Mr. Casual Hipster. Uh, you know, it's a it's a handle I came up at in college, and I just decided uh, to stay with it. Uh, sort of how you know Elizabeth Yen stayed with uh, Dunk Hippo, and so Mr. Casual Hipster on Twitter, you can find me there. Uh, mostly tweeting about startups, about uh, e-commerce, and about sort of uh, you know the creator economy. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, Matt. This has been a pleasure, and for everyone, thank you uh, for listening. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you want more of Forward Thinking, I'm excited to let you know that we now have a community. Well, it's not really a community. It's more of a city. It's called Forward Thinking City. And in Forward Thinking City, you're able to do AMAs with past guests that have been on the podcast. For example, today we just talked to Jonathan Barkle, who's the CEO of Air Garage. Um, additionally, we have the CEO of Catch, Kristen Anderson. We have Austin Allred, the CEO of Lambda School coming in. And these are people that you can talk with, right? 
you can ask them questions. These are AMAs. Additionally, you're able to do happy hours with other residents once a week so you can meet other people, learn about their startups. You also have a chance to do startup office hours and get feedback on your on your startup or your product, as well as get a chance to pitch actual investors, real VCs, and this is all only for $7 a month. So if you want to support me as a creator, but more importantly, if you want to move your startup career forward and faster and get you access to guests on the podcast, other people in the city, and potential investors, then go to forwardthinking.city and sign up today for $7 a month. That's forwardthinking.city. All right, see you tomorrow.